0: Welcome to Bible Prophecy Radio. Does the Bible only predict gloom and doom? What role will Israel play in Bible prophecy? What lies ahead for America? What lies ahead in your future? Let's find out. Now here's your host, Albert Hardy. Hi, everybody. I'm glad you're interested in prophecy, and I'm glad you're here with me today. This is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. I want to talk about Korea today, and also China and India, and what they have to do in prophecy. I'd like to read to you a little bit out of Matthew 24. Jesus is the greatest of all prophets. Let's not uh, lose sight of that. In verse 2, he says, See you not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be here left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Don't believe it when people say that all the prophecies that need to be fulfilled before the return of Christ have already happened. There are still some stones in Jerusalem atop one another from the original uh, temple. So that hasn't really been completely fulfilled As he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us when shall these things be, what will be the sign of your coming, and what will the end of the age look like? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no man deceives you or leads you astray, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Is anybody doing that today? Yes, they are saying that Jesus is the Christ, yet they're still deceiving people. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, see that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. That's what I think of Korea. This is a rumor of a war. The war has never really ended. The Korean War is still going on. They're still angry with us. And they blame us for their economic woes. Well, are we to blame for that? I think it's more their ways than, than us. Just because we won't buy their products from North Korea. Look at South Korea. We have made them a wealthy nation. Or at least showed them a thing or two, and then they took it and ran with it, and they're doing great. Verse 7, Matthew 24, For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in different places. Well, famines happen when there's a war. Pestilence happens also because people don't have the infrastructure to protect them from disease, so diseases spread and go really fast. Earthquakes are way beyond our control, except for underground nuclear tests that go on, like North Korea is doing. So that's where we're at right there. We're at the beginning stages of World War III. In verse 80 says, All these are but the beginning of sorrows. I mean, verse 8. And then they shall deliver you up, you Christians and you Jews, to be afflicted and kill you. And you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. You know, little tiny Israel about the size of New Jersey is called the bully of the Middle East. What? (laughs) I mean, they're surrounded by massive uh, nations like Egypt and Libya and Jordan and Saudi Arabia and Syria and just Lebanon and everybody around them—they're all bigger and badder and worse than them, as far as uh, human rights violations. Well, they're hated because of a lot of reasons. One, they have a lot of oil, and they are at the the crossroads of several merchant trade routes that's why they're envied and they want what they've got but when they do get it they ruin it they destroy it and bring it back to desert conditions instead of making it green and lush and fertile farmland so shame on them all there israel is not the bully They're surrounded by a bunch of bullies, and they're the David. And the others are the Goliaths. There are several of them surrounding them now. In verse 10, he says, And then shall many be offended and stumble, and shall betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets shall arise and deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Let's take a second and think about that. What sins are he talking is he talking about, this iniquity thing? Well let's go to Second Timothy three, one through five, which says this. 2 Timothy three, starting in verse one. This know also that in the last days perilous or grievous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own excuse me, men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, railers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural effect truce breakers, implacable, false accusers, slanderers, incontinent, without self-control, that is, fierce, despisers of those that are good. There are certainly no lovers of good. They hate good people. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God. Have you ever seen someone that is so in love with football that they meet every weekend with their buds and they drink and they laugh and they yell and they scream and they rant and they rave as if that were real or happening at that time to them themselves? They're not out there on the gridiron. They're not bonking into one another I mean, to me, the whole thing is a stupid waste of time. Sorry for you sports fans out there. But to me, that's a football god of all things. Yuck. So they don't love what's good. They love reveling. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Do they spend that much energy on God? No. Having a form of worship or godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. Unquote. Back to Matthew 24. He says uh, in verse 11. No, I'm sorry. Let's go back to uh, verse 13. But he that shall endure. Are you enduring today? Well, sometimes that's all we can do. He that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. Don't let your love wax cold, even though all around you is evil. When I was up in Chicago last, I, I was stunned at what I saw in a regular grocery store. A guard walking up and down the aisles with a gun open on his belt and a badge. A cop was in there paroli, uh, patrolling the uh, the aisles. There were bars and gates on the windows. There were cameras and mirrors everywhere, up and down every aisle, there was a camera. And somebody, uh, presumably, was watching that, watching for thieves to steal. Whoa. Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. So don't let your love wax cold. Endure to the end. What should endure? Your love. And that can be very difficult when... Everybody around you is trying to pick your pocket. Verse 14. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Now, this gospel of the kingdom, what exactly is that? Uh, Let's just go over to Zechariah 14 for a second. I want to show you something very interesting. Zechariah. 14, Zephaniah, okay, here we are, Zechariah 14, behold, the day of the Lord comes, and your spoil will be divided in the midst of you, and I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. Uh, are we seeing that today? Oh, yeah. you know that Syria has over 125,000 missiles aimed at Israel on their border, on their northern border. You know, this, to me, the Korean thing is just a diversion. It's a sideshow compared to what's going to happen to Jerusalem in the Middle East and that whole area. It's going to erupt into World War Three. there, not in Korea or China or Russia or any place. It's going to be in the Middle East. Keep your eyes there. Gather together them, all nations, to uh, against Jerusalem to battle. The city shall be taken, the houses rifled, the women ravished, and half of the city shall go into captivity. The rest of the people will not be cut off from the city. And the Lord shall go forth and fight against those nations as when he fought in the day of battle. One angel killed over a hundred thousand people overnight in the Bible. Look it up. Look it up. It's very interesting. I think it's uh, surrounding King Hezekiah, but Anyway, look it up. He fights to win, and his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives. You know where that is. It's east of Jerusalem. The Mount of Olives shall split in the middle of it toward the east and the west. There will be a great valley. Half of the mountain will move toward the north and half toward the south. And you shall flee to the valley of the mountains. I want to drop down to uh, verse 7. But it shall be one day which shall be known to the Lord, neither day nor night. It shall come to pass that at evening it shall be light. And in that day living waters shall go out from Jerusalem. That's Jesus half of them toward the former seas, the the eastern sea, and half toward the western sea. In the summer and the winter it shall be. And get this, verse 9. The Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day there shall be one Lord and his name one. There's not going to be millions of gods as you have in the Hindu world. And there's not going to be false gods like Allah or any of the other pagan worship uh, gods, little g. But the Lord God, Jehovah, shall be king over all the earth. And he, he alone will be worshipped. Pay attention to whatever Jesus has to say. He's the only one that really matters. So let's go to verse 15. When therefore you shall see, excuse me, uh, the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whosoever reads, let him understand. And for a reference, go to uh, Daniel 9 23, 25, and 27. And also 12.11. Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Run! Neither let them, he didn't say run, I added that. Neither let him that is in the field turn back to take his clothes. And woe be to them that are pregnant, and them that give suck in those days. But pray that your flight be not in the winter, nor on the Sabbath day. For then shall be great tribulation. This is where the tribulation came from. Verse 21, Matthew 24. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, and it will not be happening ever again. And except those days should be shortened, cut short, there should no flesh be saved alive. And I added the word alive. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. So, in other words, those days will be stopped, cut short, so that mankind will not die out completely. Then if any man say unto you, Lo, here he is, or there, don't believe it, for there shall arise false Christs and false prophet. False prophets. Do we have any of those today? Oh, yeah. And shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they would lead astray even the very elect. Are you one of the elect, those who have elected to follow Jesus and trust in him as our Savior? And what is this kingdom of God anyway? Is it something set up in your heart, in your mind? It's just, you know, it's something we bring on the world ourselves because we have the power to convert people to Christianity, get them to be believers? No, it's a literal, on-the-ground kingdom with Jesus as king. It's a government. It's real. It's not fake. It's not in your heart. Well, isn't there a scripture that says the kingdom of God is within you? Where is that? It happens to be found in uh, Luke 17:21. Let's go there. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Luke seventeen. And verse one. No, twenty-one, I'm sorry. In verse twenty he said or it says this and when he had demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom um Now, when he was demanded, Jesus was demanded by the Pharisees when the kingdom should come. He answered and said unto them, The kingdom of God doesn't come with observation. Neither shall they say, Lo, here or lo, there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. This is out of the old King James. The ASV says, is in the midst of you. Ding, ding, ding. They didn't realize it. The scribes and Pharisees, the hypocrites, did not realize that they had the king right there. He was right there talking with them, face to face. That's what it meant. He's right there in their midst, It's not that the kingdom is something we can bring by converting people. Forget that. That's not even real. I'd like to continue in Luke 17 for a second here. And he said unto his disciples, see now he's he's switching from the Pharisees to the disciples, the days will come when you shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, but will not see it. And they shall say to you, Look, over there, or here. No, go not after them, nor follow them. For as the lightning that shall come out of one part under heaven, and shine to the other part of heaven, so shall also the Son of Man be in his day. You think that's within you? No. Absolutely, of course not. You don't have lightning that you can see in your belly. But first he must suffer, that is, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of this generation. And as it was in the days of Noah, so it shall be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark. And the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, as it was, excuse me. Likewise, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat and they drank, they builded, or they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day, he which is on the housetop and is stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away, and let him that is in the field not re- likewise return back. Remember Lot's wife, what happened to her? She died that day, turned into a pillar of salt, because she disobeyed God flagrantly. Whosoever shall seek to save his life will lose it, And whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. I tell you, in that night there will be two in one bed. One will be taken and the other left. Two shall be grinding together. One will be taken and the other left. Two will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. The ASV, by the way, um, omits that verse. And they answered... And said unto Jesus, Where, Lord? And he said, Wherever the body is, there the eagles will gather together. Now back to Matthew 24. Except those days should be shortened, there shall no flesh be saved alive. Can we get that? I mean, this is so significant. This isn't something in our hearts set up. Not in any way, shape or form. We need a Savior to come and save us from what we're about to do. In World War three, it's going to come to the point where we nuke the oil fields. Now what do you, wait a minute, where did he say that in, in Matthew twenty four? Well in verse twenty nine, for example. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun shall be darkened and the moon shall not give her light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. I dare you to ask your pastor what he thinks that verse means. Chapter 24, Matthew, verse 29. Immediately after the tribulation of those days... The sun will be darkened. Let's go to uh, Revelation 9 2 for a second and find out what that is trying to tell us. 9 2, Revelation. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit. As the smoke of a great furnace and the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke. It doesn't get any clearer than that. That's plain language. He opened the bottomless pit. What's going to make a bottomless pit? Well, oil is made by the interior core of the earth. It's methane gas that is super hot. It's trying to work its way up through cracks through the Earth's mantle. As it does, it picks up a hydrogen molecule when it runs across water, making hydrocarbon. That's exactly how oil is generated. It's how it's made. Under heat and pressure, you got hydrogen and carbon and methane gas. And that, when it cools, is oil. So a bottomless pit would go to the center of the earth, would it not? Or really far down there, miles and miles down there. And if it's full of oil, and that oil is volatile, explosive, and on fire because it got exploded on fire by a nuclear bomb guess what would happen? The sun and the air would be darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. Right there it is. Revelation 9, 2. If you want further proof, you can go to Isaiah 13, 9. Isaiah 13 and verse 9. Behold, the day of the Lord comes, cruel... Both with wrath and fierce anger, to lay the land desolate, and he shall destroy the sinners thereof out of it. For the moon or, I'm sorry, for the stars of heaven and the constellations of the stars shall not give their light. The sun shall be darkened in its going forth, and the moon shall not cause her light to shine. I will punish the world for their evil, and the wicked for their iniquity and I will cause the arrogancy of the proud to stop and will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible. I will make a man more precious or rare than fine gold. Verse 13, Therefore I will shake the heavens and the earth. The earth shall remove out of her place in that day the wrath of the Lord of hosts in that day of his fierce anger. Unquote. For further proof, just read the entire chapter of uh, Isaiah 34. As an example, uh, verse 4 says, all the hosts of heaven, that is the stars and the clouds and such, shall be dissolved and the heavens be rolled together as a scroll. What happens when you roll a scroll together? As I've said before, you can no longer read the words. When this cloud covers covers the whole earth, you will not be able to see the sky. No stars will shine, not even the moon or the sun, or the sun will be darkened anyway, and all their hosts shall fall down. What host? The host of the stars of heaven. Well, And that's not talking about literal suns, like our sun is a star. This is talking about what resembles the stars out there, which are the 22,000 plus satellites we have. They look just like stars, except for the fact that they move. They will all fall down as the leaf falls off the vine and as a falling fig from the fig tree. For my sword shall be drinking its fill up there in the sky, in heaven. Behold, it shall come down upon Idumea, and upon the people of my curse for judgment. Well, who are who's Idumea? Well, it's Babylon, it's Iraq, it's Iran, it's Jordan, it's Saudi Arabia, Egypt, and and so on and so forth. The Middle East. The sword of the Lord is filled with blood and made fat with fatness. The blood of um, lambs and goats, etc. For the Lord has a sacrifice in Basra. Happens to be a town in southern Iraq named Basra. And a great slaughter in the land of Idumea. See Amos 1, verse 12. Now, in verse 9, he says, well, wait, let's go back to 8. For it is the day of the Lord's vengeance, the year of recompenses for the controversy of Zion. And the streams thereof shall be turned into pitch, and the dust thereof into brimstone, and the land shall become burning pitch. What land? The land of Israel? No. No, but the land everywhere around it. It shall be, or no, it shall not be quenched day nor night. The smoke thereof shall go up forever. From generation to generation it shall lie waste. None shall pass through it forever and ever. Wow. Well, it's time for me to get off the air. Thank you for listening. We'll have more later, but I don't look for World War III to be in Korea. I don't look for it to be in Japan or Indonesia or any place like that. World War III will start there, maybe. I don't know. Somebody's got it started. And we'll be blamed for it, no doubt, since we are a Christian, quote-unquote, nation. Well, anyway... I hope you have a great day. Try not to worry too much about it. God has everything in control. He alone knows best. We can put our faith and our trust in Him. Till next time, this is Albert Hardy. Have a great day. Bye-bye.